welcome to episode two of the Dream Chasers podcast. And um, thank you so much for being here. So yeah. this is my friend, uh, Laura Irene Young. Hello. And so uh, I was like, hey, I'm doing this thing. I, had, had I put one out yet? I don't... I don't know if one had been out yet. You were talking about it, and then I was like, hey, I also want to be on that thing. <laughs> and then I listened to it before I came here. So There you go. Yeah. Perfect. So, so you have some idea of the of the, the chaos that this is. So, um, so I have decided. So before I filmed episode one, I was in my shower because all my good ideas come in the shower. Of course. And I remembered this poem. Mm-hmm. And so I've decided we're going to start every episode with a dramatic interpretation of Harlem by Langston Hughes. Oh, mm-hmm. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? Mm. I freaking love that poem. Um, <laughs> freaking love that poem so the idea behind this is to discuss the chasing of dreams not necessarily catching because catching dreams and chasing dreams are not the same thing i'm gonna move this a little closer to be a second lean back um so when you think of dream chasing Mm -hmm. what does that say to you um i'm in an interesting spot in my life where like I'm I'm very blessed where a lot of my dreams keep coming true. Like and like it's amazing. I'm not um but it's interesting because there there's a reset of like what's the next dream and I think that that is uh something that that's interesting that like there there's the dream chasing but then there's also the like the figuring out the next dream. So that's whenever I right. read that I'm uh, or you read that to me, um, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, what is the next dream? Right. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting because a lot of folks yeah. don't have that. A lot of folks yeah. don't have dreams coming true. Yeah. So um, what do you think is the reason that that has been happening for you? I mean, like, do you work hard on connections? Do you work hard, just like, is it a craft thing? Or do you, is, is there some luck involved? What do you think? Oh, uh, luck, definitely luck, I think is like a big thing. But I also think that I, yeah, I've just been very lucky. I don't think, um, I think I, I want, I'm going to get woo woo, but I think there are dreams that when I know that I want them, it just feels like when I, when I speak it into the universe, I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll I'll do little ones and I'll do big ones, but some some little ones like I well actually big ones for my career. But I always when I was growing up wanted to be like the lead in an outdoor drama. Like that was my that was my goal. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna and it just seemed like that. Oh yeah, that's gonna happen. And then it did. Um, and or I'm like, oh, I want to meet Zachary Levi. Oh, that will happen. And it did. What? Uh, I know. I love Zachary Levi. <laughs> we could go on a tangent. Because oh. Uh, oh. I didn't know he existed. And then um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel came out. And then I realized his Broadway history and all of that. And oh, I was like, I was so mad. I was like, why did no one tell me that this like wonderful nerd geek guy uh, that sings exists? Um, but... Yeah, yeah. So like there are all those and then even currently what's happening in my life, I always 
dreamed of writing an off-Broadway show. And, um, but I been a little lazy networking wise. Like I wasn't someone who like wrote, wrote, wrote. I was just like, Oh yeah, I wrote this silly little show. It is what it is. And, um, it just is all kind of happened. So I think that that's, um, yeah. And I think I just keep doing it. I think I go like, yeah, that's the thing I want to do. And so I do it. I mean, <laughs> long sh- showing up, no, shush. <laughs> showing up is honest to God, sometimes half the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause, cause a lot of folks, and th- and that's not and that's not to diss on anybody who, but a lot of folks are like, oh, I wish I had this thing. Yeah. But then do absolutely nothing towards it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I cannot, I cannot tell you the amount of people that I that I know like who are like, oh, I wish I was an actor. Like, then go act. Yeah. I wish I was a writer. Have you written anything? No. Yeah. Then go write because the second you write, you're a writer. The second yeah. you act. You're an actor. And and I think I think people get so scared of failing mm-hmm. that they don't act. Yeah. Like like they don't they don't do whatever it is. Yeah. You know. Like even this stupid thing, right? That, that I was like, oh I'm gonna do a podcast. What do you know about podcasting? Not a damn thing. Yeah. Well, which ones do you listen to? So I started <laughs> I don't. Um, this that? is a good time to plug my podcast. Oh my I'm god! Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. We'll we'll, we'll totally yeah, plug yeah, the yeah. podcast. No. Um, no. <laughs> no I, but I I didn't. I just I knew I'd been having these conversations with people about the whole idea of chasing dreams. Yeah. And what that means, and it means different things for different people. Yeah. Right. And and uh, like the way I was trying to explain it to somebody, I'm like, if your life goal. Mm-hmm. is to have your living room set up a certain way. Mm-hmm. But because because of money or whatever, that was that was hard for you to achieve, but then you got it. Yeah. That is just as valid as someone starting on Broadway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because the, the whole thing is not what the destination is and everyone's destination is different. It's the going, okay, there's that thing. I want that thing. Yeah. And taking the steps t- to get that thing. I think that it's interesting because I don't think... I think dreams and perfection are two different things. Ooh. Like everything that I've listed or like when I think of like, here's the the five dreams that I've had that I feel like have been accomplished. They, they were not accomplished in perfection. And like, could I do them better now? Probably. Could I do like, but it was like, okay, I, I, but I, but I still did that. And I think a lot of people, I think it's hard because we want, we want our dreams to be perfection and our dreams to be, uh, but yeah, they don't have to be. So no. like, I I wrote a children's book about my dog. Um, I saw Dapper. Dapper. <laughs> um, I can, that's also a dream was to have a dog named Dapper one day. Um, that was just the cutest dog, and I found him, and we love each other and all that. But like, I I wrote a book. But like, is it the best children's book? Is it making tons of money? No, but it was just something that did I, you do it? But I did it. Thank you, you know, and I think it's cute and it's sweet and it's lovely and um, yeah. But if I if I I also don't wait for people to tell me I can do things. There's this brilliant. <laughs> I really don't. There's I'm just this like, brilliant. I'm just do it. There was this interview with um, Billy Porter that I loved, where he was like, "Do not wait for someone else's permission to do your yeah. art." Yeah, you know, and. Uh, but so many people do that. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. I, I did this stupid project a couple of years ago because I wasn't getting cast. Um, and I was trying not to dry up inside. Um, where I, like, I bought a monologue book and I just, 
every week and I just did the next one, yeah. whether it was appropriate for me or not. Yeah. I just did the next one. And about eight weeks in, I realized it was a British book and I was like, I'm doing an awful lot of British accents. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why am I having to do a Scottish accent right now? Cause I didn't, cause I didn't read forward. Yeah. Um, was it perfect? No. Mm-hmm. Some, some of the early ones were pretty rough, but by the end, yeah. You get good. So you write a little book about your dog and your yeah. little dog's anxiety adventures. And maybe the first one's not awesome, but like you keep that going. Yeah. Eventually, you get, was it 10,000 10, hours doing a thing makes you a master or something like that? Yeah. I think the word master is silly. I know. Especially because like. But that's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is what they say. I think it just I've been contemplating on it because I, I, um, I have two master's degrees, and I don't think I know anything about either of those. Yeah, humble brag. But like, but also, I like I. Then people are like, "Oh, I want to go get my master's." I was like, "Don't think that any doors are going to open for you, and don't think that you're going to be great at anything. It is just more schooling." Like, I'm just listen. I I know some folks who have master's degrees in performance who I mm-hmm. think are pretty terrible. Yeah. And I mean, it just means you you have learned more. It doesn't mean you know more. Yeah, different things. Um. But See, I didn't know you had too many. That is not in your bio. It is not because I think it's very like because I I have a lot of complicated feelings about it. I now he, because I when I went I went to school, I think that I learned a ton and everything I do day to day is because of the the classes I took and I so ones in performing arts and. Part of my show that I'm doing now, uh, my off-Broadway show, I started writing in a class there. Mm-hmm. And because um, it was titled something fancy, but the, basically the class was make your own work. And so all of that um, influences what I do every day, what I learned. But I don't think, I don't think that that makes me a better... <laughs> A very complicated relationship. I don't think it makes me a better performer or a better actor necessarily. Like that that label isn't what does it. My work does that. And then it doesn't yeah, it just doesn't make me more knowledgeable than necessarily everyone else. I enjoyed it. I loved it. It helped me. It fueled me. It educated me. But um that doesn't mean you could put me in a room and then someone who's never taken an acting class in a day and depending they couldn't like. Yeah, like I just, I I feel like in in performing, um, education matters, but also at the same point, because you have an education doesn't mean you are better. So I think sometimes people, (laughs) yeah, no, 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 no. I I get that 100%. Because like, you know, I've been performing for 44 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have a, I only have the one degree. Uh, I only have a BFA. Um, but Shirley Tannenbaum, who was one of my teachers mm-hmm. in college, she said this thing to me. And, and to me, that always made sense. It's like there's all of these different techniques that you learn as an actor, right? There's yeah. Alexander, then there's Meisner, and then, you know, Stanislavski. And there's all these different techniques. Mm-hmm. And some folks get so wrapped up in that technique mm-hmm. that they forget that they're supposed to be humans. You know, mm-hmm. and Shirley said one day, it's like all those techniques are, are a tool, right? And so you have them in your little toolbox. Yeah. But if you need a hammer, you're not going to pull out a screwdriver. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah. if, and sometimes you don't need them at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just if you need it. So it's good to have those things. So to have the education, to have this, the training, 
teaches you how to find those things on your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, a, it's such a fascinating thing because like, you need to know all those things. And at the same time, you need to forget all those things. Well, you have to, like, performing, and I think anything you do in life truly um, should be, I mean, there are a few exceptions, but should be, like, a human-to-human connection. Mm -hmm. And if you think your knowledge is greater than the human-to-human connection, uh, there's um, then there's a wall. There's a wall, and the, and yeah. there's and there's no growth happening, and there's no. So I, yeah, just like whatever it is, whether it's like, I my my big girl job right now is in HR, and um, there's a lot of like legal stuff around HR. There's a lot, but also it's like human resources, right? <laughs> so like, yes, you can know all the legal things. You can study every like technique to like get through to someone or how to have a hard conversation. But it's like most of the time, if you just ask questions with curiosity, yeah. if you just lead your life being a little curious yep. of what another human is doing. I joke that I'm a professional toddler. Oh, yeah. Like just sort of in life. <laughs> oh, you know? yeah. Because toddlers are great. Agreed. They, like, they just figure me. it out, right? Yeah. They're like, what is this thing? I'm going to lick it. Nope, that's not good. Uh, if I hit on my head, no, that kind of hurts. If I step, yeah. if I sit on it, you know, so like you just find whatever it is and manipulate it until yeah. you, you figure it out. I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of making it up as you go along. Yeah. Um, but in order to do that, you have to pay attention to the cues that you're being given. Yeah. Well, and you also have to, I love the theory that like Indiana Jones Go with me on this journey. Uh, the theory that, and it's like Full toddlers. disclosure, I have never seen any of them. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Indiana Jones isn't... So I'm going to look at you blankly. Go, uh-huh. Okay, so basically, it's a big action movie, but unlike other action movies, several, nothing he does actually influences the plot, like, <laughs> ever, and it's great. But um, there's a there's a YouTube channel called Cinema Therapy, and they, okay. like, break down. And one of the things they talk about is, like, resilience and adaptability. And I think toddlers have that, too, of just yeah. going, like, oh, well, that didn't work. I'm going to cry for two seconds. And then, like, oh, I'm going to start laughing again. Like, yeah. resilience and adaptability. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, back to, like, dreams and, like, finding the next one is, like, resilience and adaptability. I think I, you could spend a lot of time going towards one goal, and then you get it, and then you're, like, or you don't get it. And you're which like, now what happen. do I do? Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be adaptable and figure out the next dream. Yep. yep. Figure out what the next one is. I love that. I really love that. I'm going to read your bios. Oh, my gosh. I gave you a fun one and like a <laughs> corporate which, one. So it was really funny that you did this because I just revamped my, my website. And so I have like just sort of like the bullet pointed version. And I, I have yeah. like long-winded, boring version. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to like do some uh, bullet points. But I just, okay. just want to talk about some of the things Girlfriend has done. <laughs> so uh, uh, Laura Irene Young, which is her professional union name, mm. uh, has been a writer, director, actor for many years. Favorite credits, Julie and After Miss Julie, Mary in Peru. Could you not be any more different there? Um, and Lorraine in Bubble Boy. Thank you. Actually, if you know me, I feel like every single, you're like typecasting yeah. for all three. <laughs> so, no, so because I saw that and I was like, 
So as an actor, they're, you know, they're, they're always like after us to figure out what our type is. And yeah. I'm like, okay, look at my resume and tell me what my type is. Cause I had a year that looked like this. Yeah. So I had a year where I played Robert Ann in Nonsense. Yeah. I played April Green in the Hot L Baltimore. Yeah. I played Adelaide in Guys and Dolls and then Tamora in Titus Andronicus. What the frick is my type? But that makes sense. Like as you know someone I mean? who knows you and has worked with you. So yeah. that's, that's how I felt about that. So yeah. Um, so you... A lover of odd contracts. <laughs> I love that. Uh, she performed as a jellyfish. Um, I did. So, okay. So tell me about this. Mm-hmm. It says that you direct a local elementary school musical with 125 children. Please tell me that was not a dream. Well, <laughs> I've done that. I've done that twice and I'm going to do it again. So um, uh, Pittsburgh Public Schools, one of the schools, uh, their musical is huge. It has over 125 kids every year. We did Peter Pan last year. Wizard of Oz this year, and we're going to do, um, I was a little bit of a diva. I said, this is the only show I want to do is <laughs> Finding Nemo Jr., oh, cute. Um, which I think is one of the best written musicals that out there, actually, for kids. Um, but it has 125 kids, uh, and they- You know this qualifies you for sainthood. I'm just saying. Um, no, it qualifies the teachers for sainthood. It is not just <laughs> me. The, the school district is phenomenal, where like, they have teacher helpers they assign oh, okay. after school for rehearsals. So I literally can be like, Miss Geis, I need you to go into a room with so and so and run lines and da da. Like, and so, and they are, and then during the show, teachers watch different groups in different rooms. So, mm. like, let's say during Wizard of Oz, it's like, hey, all the munchkins are in room 224. And they're going to, that teacher's going to bring them to stage when it's their time and it's going to take them back when it's so like it is not me it is the teachers like I just kind of say like directing like, traffic yeah well yeah I mean because for someone who has as many children as I have everyone's yeah. like oh you must love children I'm like no there's just a whole lot of folks that call me mom or some variation thereof <laughs> yeah uh I I the, I saw that and I literally I think I started twitching I was like oh, 25 kids no and they are they are phenomenal like so it's second through fifth grade and they yeah, like they're they're wee ones. <laughs> but my leads always go to Kappa. Like they get into Kappa the next year, which is like the performing arts high school here. So, um, yeah, and it's really and it's they, a creative and performing arts high school, right? Yes, yes. yeah. And they um, think fame. Yes, and they yeah. like learn teamwork together, and and because that's the whole thing is I'm like, hey, here's the deal. Like if you don't know your lines by next week. I'm not on stage. <laughs> like, and you, I'm not going to look bad. You are. Yeah. Like, it, that's it's, funny. I direct that way too. Yeah. We're <laughs> like, yeah. And, and just like, you got to work together. Like if you don't know your lines, it's going to hurt your friend. And, and this is a team and it's a sports team. And there was a great, it was ESPN or someone, but they hooked up a whole bunch of heart monitors to the cast of the lion King and like showed yes. it like against, and I use yes. that for my kids all the time. Like this is an extreme sport. It is an extreme, especially musicals. Yeah, I mean, there there are definitely some straight plays that are um, that way. Yeah, um, but yeah, especially musicals, I would say so. So uh, it says you've been uh, in several outdoor dramas, a professional jellyfish, and background extra on lots of TV shows filmed in Atlanta, and you've been known to write a screenplay, play, or novel about anything that happens. Speaking of, yeah, uh, you have a play coming up. I do that you wrote. Yes. About stuff that happened to you. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, so they always say write what you know. Yeah. Um, 
my understanding is it's super personal. Yep. So, um, to write something that personal about yourself, that's an extraordinarily vulnerable place. Mm-hmm. So then, so then, so then you're like fighting that. Okay, I wanted. So then you're sort of battling that perfection thing, right? Like this is this is a story that happened to me. Yeah. How do I present this in a way that I'm I feel comfortable for it to fail? Because mm-hmm. I feel like you can't do anything without feeling comfortable for it to yeah. fail. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you'll just sit at home and not do anything. Yeah. Sit on the couch, watch football, and tell them all how they're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, never having actually played. Um, what was what was the day? This is, what I, this is what I'm talking about. What was the day when you're like, okay, here's this thing. This thing happened to me. I need to A, write it, mm-hmm. B, star in it, mm-hmm. and then start showing all the peoples. All right. And Joe. Yeah. No, I'm excited <laughs> because I kind of actually forgot about this part, and then I wrote I wrote a little Facebook post about it because we I've been so – so I'm excited to say it. So I, um, the show's about my divorce and it's very personal. It's about like our, um, and my divorce was heavily linked in with religion and I grew up very religious. And so it was a big like turning point in my life. And, um, it was a joke that was not joke, but it was a story. It was so wild and crazy that it was a story that was told at, a ton of parties so like my friends would be and it was also it also involved a very odd place um and so my friends would be like oh well if someone would start talking about that place that was very prominent in a certain area if someone would start talking about that place my friends would be like oh my gosh my friend was married to a person who did this and then they left her for a person who did this and people would be like what 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 and so I knew that there was a huge story there because yeah. people would listen to it all the time, either if I was in, like there or not. Um, so, and our divorce took place in 2011. Um, in like 2014 or 15, my ex-husband, who's also an actor and writer, wrote a show, a friend show about our divorce through his perspective. And so, um, for a fringe festival. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, so he he wrote one first, and it was, like, a mix of, he was a a fight choreographer, so it was a mix of, like, fight choreography, and and it was, like, his whole life leading up to it, and then, like, what, and after, and all of that, and dance, and he actually had um, choreographers from Cirque du Soleil in Orlando, like, help him with it. It was, it was, the choreography was gorgeous, and so that, um, so I knew eventually I want to write something about it. And then, like, like using Fringe Festival to do that. And then in 2019, I had just moved to Pittsburgh. I didn't have any move back because I am from here. And I didn't have... Um, and we're thrilled you're here. Oh, thank you. I like it. Um, except for, <laughs> like, December through March. Um, and then <laughs> winter-wise. Uh, and then, so 2019, it was February, so... My sad times. There's a little post on my Instagram from Pittsburgh Fringe saying it's like uh, probably like $65 to enter for your show if you'd like to. And it would be end of April. And so that's a very short timeline. And I had some friends that uh, I love dearly that like I did a few, we did like giant contracts. And I 
said in our group chat, I was like, should I pay this $65 to just like, and whatever happens, happens. Like I'll have two months to write it. I have to write it. Here we go. And um, they were like, yeah, you should do it. You should do it. And then all of a sudden my Venmo started to like blink. Yep. Because it was like $10 here, $15 yep. there. And then they created that 65 where like now I have to, I have to write it. Yep. So. I know what that looks like. Yep. Yeah. And um, I kind of forgot about it because it just been so long and a pandemic happened. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to write it. What's it going to look like? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to write it. And I had um, previously in the past had uh, a few times where someone has kind of like did me dirty and I wrote a funny ukulele song about it. Um just because I was like, I don't know. How I saw to- I saw it on your stories. It's like I'm, my ukulele is waiting to go to rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I so one of the things is like Lorraine and Bubble Boy, which was my first like Pittsburgh show. Um, I was a cult girl that played the ukulele, so I'm actually kind of known in Pittsburgh as like a ukulele, a ukulele girl, or the cult girl that plays ukulele, and um, which I love. Great, I love that my career's here, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> like truly, I do, and so. Um, yeah, so I was like, okay, well, what if it's like the last? Because I met him in twenty in two thousand eight, and I was like, okay, what if it's two thousand eight to twenty eighteen? Because that was the last time he and I saw each other, and what if it's that whole story from beginning to end? And I cut in little songs about how I'm feeling, and it was forty five minutes. And it won Best New Script. So I was like, cool, done. Never doing it again. <laughs> you know, I'm not. And see. You know, like I hit yep. it. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Um, emotionally, I'm fine. And then I decided um, I decided to do it for Fringe in Indianapolis um, because I've my family lives out there. And it was an excuse to go. And it was also. And I was like, okay, it might be fun to revisit this post-pandemic. I hadn't performed in a while because of a pandemic. I was like, let me just bring this show up. I'll, I'll make some to changes. Yeah, to my youth. I'll make some changes. Um, and while I was doing that, I was talking to uh, a theater company that I was doing some marketing for. And I said, hey, I'm just going to be out of town. I'm just doing this little show for Fringe. And they're like, well, what little show? And I was like, this tiny little show you don't want. Like, just a little show. Like, it, it, And they're like, can we read it? And I was like... You can, you can, but like, it's just this little show. Um, and they loved it and they commissioned it and we are doing a run in at Carnegie stage and then we're doing an off Broadway run. So it kind of like, and it was always my dream back to dream chasers. It was always my dream to write a show and be perform off Broadway. I never had a Broadway dream. I had an off Broadway dream. I also have an off Broadway dream. Yeah. Cause, yeah, Cause I the, like the better stuff's there. I like weird shit. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so, but also, I mean like but the, yeah. all, the, all the good, interesting, provocative stuff is off. I feel like, I mean, the, yeah, you have your, you have your, like I've seen some amazing shows off Broadway, but I've seen some great shows on like amazing shows on Broadway too. Yeah. Um, but they don't tend to do as well. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they don't do as well. And, like, yeah, you just get weird. You just get weird or dangerous or, yeah, I like that, like, intense stuff. Um, and so, but I also do love a music man. Um, <laughs> but 
I like being in Music Man. I don't like watching them. I like oh being gosh. in it. I love it. I like, you know what I mean? Like That's how I feel about I You're in Town. I don't want to watch You're in Town. I want to be in You're in Town every single day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, because I did last five years, and I feel like yeah. I don't ever want to see another production of the last five years. Mm. But I'll play Kathy for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know? So, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I get it. Um, so, I did not see the movie. Because Every, everyone's like, well, you did the show. Did you watch the movie? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to watch someone else do something I did and probably do it better. No. <laughs> no. In my head, I am the best Kathy. And oh, I don't want to no. <laughs> dream that. Well, yeah, no. Um, but that's not how I thought I'd get there. Like, that was always a dream that was over here. And then this silly little show was here. And I never thought they would connect, which I think is really cool. It's Well, it's extraordinarily personal. Mm -hmm. And... Everything that I'm seeing and reading and understanding is that the more specific something is, actually, the more general it is. Yeah. Right? So, like, the more completely specific you get with an idea, it's going to resonate with more people. Yeah. Now, there's going to be people who don't get it. Yeah. And that's okay, because the people who do get it are going to really get it. Yeah. As opposed to if you're just trying to whitewash something, give mm -hmm. it, like, a general feel of something, then no one's really going to, like, to it. Yeah. The way, like... So, um, it was astounding when I first did it at Pittsburgh Fringe because it is very like theme park driven and religion driven and like very specific to me. Yeah. And I kind of, because it had been so long since the story had happened, I was able to hold uh, Laura from that point of view and like give her my love and give her my best. But at the same point, like, I could tell all of I could tell all of her dirty shit. Like I can air yeah. her laundry, um, and the amount of people that would approach me and be like, "I've been there. I've definitely been like that." Was so healing for me, and I was like, "How? Like, <laughs> how? how? You know how hard is that? Yeah, or, or just like how? What part of any of that can you relate to? But there, because I was so specific, yep. people were able to be like, "Oh yeah, I was in a situation where that happened to me." It wasn't exact, but it was very close because if you substitute this for this. Then it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. Do you find, um, some, something you just said made, made me think of this. Because you're doing this very personal thing and mm -hmm. you're throwing that out there. Mm -hmm. Are you finding that folks are like, Think, thank you for doing this. You have inspired me to whatever. Is, are, do you find that's happening to you yet? Um, a little, your face is saying a little, a little, I think <laughs> not like the show. I think I, it's, I mean like, but just you. Yeah. I think I, I am very big on therapy and very big on diagnosis and medication is not a big deal. Like, right. If you need medication for your brain to work, like your brain your brain is part of your body. And mm -hmm. like, if I have a skin issue, I'm taking acne medicine. If I have a sad issue, I'm taking like, I have never understood. <laughs> I'm like, if you have gut issues, do you feel bad about having to take something for your yeah. gut issues? A brain is an organ. Sometimes the brains are stupid. Why would you feel bad about taking a brain medicine? Well, whatever, but, like yeah. whatever, whatever that looks like. Well, you know? yeah. And I think in my show, especially, Sorry if I just cut in and out podcast wise. I She's keep like putting my, 
I keep putting my water down because um, it has a label on it. Uh, and I could take it off. Uh, no, no. I just, I did it because I was like, it's a Dasani bottle. But yeah. um, I was just like, oh, I don't want to, because I, I'm a crinkler. Oh, and I would have just God. sat here and like played with it. Because I, I I'm a nervous fidgeter. That's why. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I didn't mean I didn't mean to make you feel like you had hydration. No, no. The shame of her bottle. The shame of hydration. Um, but I but especially when it comes to like, re- like if you grew up and with a big faith background, mm-hmm. there is sort of like, well, you aren't praying hard enough. You aren't asking for happiness. You aren't doing enough. You aren't like, and that the the deficit is in your faith and not in the literal chemicals in your body and how they operate. And so, and not saying that, like, I do think there's so much in like, you know, praying and spirituality and I'm not discounting that, but I'm just saying that like both are good. And, um, the amount of people, praying is just a form of meditation. And like the amount of people, including my mother who have seen my show and have been like, Oh, I should maybe go to therapy and I should maybe like get some meds and I should maybe, cause is there just something like, especially if you've been through trauma, like your brain needs to reroute itself because mm-hmm. it's like sadness is the default or anger is the default or. Right. Um, so I've had like, yeah, just really. And I don't know the people that I've helped that um, I don't, you know, I don't know. They don't talk, but like a couple people that are very close to me have started to like go to therapy and, and not because of what I've been through, but what my journey has been. So. That's beautiful. Yeah. I get told, um, I get told a lot, uh, a lot that I inspire people. Mm-hmm. And on the surface, that sounds really lovely. Yeah. And the reason I ask is, is because I'm very open about here's my successes, here are my failures. Mm-hmm. Here's the things I should have done. Here are the mistakes that I made. And here are the ramifications of the mistakes that I've made. Yeah. Right. And so I've had a lot of folks say things like that. I had someone, I had someone a couple of weeks ago who said, and I quote, you're not allowed to fail because if you fail, what am I supposed to do? Mm. Oh, ow. Oh. Excuse me? Yeah. So, um, so like that whole being an inspiration is sort of a double-edged sword mm-hmm. in a way, you know? Yeah. That's why I was asking because like, because yeah. I can, I can see looking at you and, and, and oh. all of the, well, yeah. and listen, there is nothing on this page that anybody couldn't do, yeah. right? Um, and, and But I know a lot of <laughs> folks who are like, well, you know, you're just wired different. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. Yeah. I just, just, like, you just wake up and you're like, oh, I want to do this thing. I'm going to yeah. do this thing. And it doesn't matter what the thing is. I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. Um, and I have a great deal of respect for folks that just do the thing, whether it succeeds mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. You know, that's, that was the whole impetus behind this is there are people who get up every day mm-hmm. and they're like, I have a thing. Mm-hmm. I want to do the thing. Mm-hmm. What do I have to do today towards the thing? Yeah. And then they just do it. Yeah. You know, I have a friend who paints and, um, personally, I don't think this friend is a very good painter, but this friend paints mm-hmm. and posts their paintings constantly. And you know what? That is ballsy. And I will... I am proud mm-hmm. and I respect that. Mm-hmm. Do I think that they need to continue to work on it? Yes. But also that's my opinion. Yeah. And my opinion isn't the only one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I also paint. Do I think mine are very good? No. <laughs> yeah. 
but it doesn't stop me from doing them. Yeah. So, uh, I can, I can paint from a tutorial, like a beast, but like, but just to like sit with a, and, and this friend does that. She sits with the palette and it's like, okay, here yeah. we go. And I can't do that. So yeah. the fact that they're able to do that and I can't do that. Yeah. There's respect there. Mm-hmm. They're the, taking a very personal story and going, okay, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. because you took the first step. All the other things start to line up. You know what I mean? So, respect. Oh, thank you. I want to say, like, respect-wise, I, I appreciate that. And there are things that are, like, very vulnerable in what I am doing. Um, I also think time helps, right? Like, I can... It's been, what, five years since, since the end ended? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Since since he and I last spoke. And he did know... I uh, he Because everybody's like, does he know you did the show? I did tell him I was doing the show. And he said, well, I did my, you know, I did my own. And so, like, I understand it helps and all of that. So he is aware of the first time. (laughs) So I don't know if he knows what's happening now. I'm sure he does. It's growing now. Yeah, social media, who knows. (laughs) Um, But I also have a lot of friends that had been through, were with me during that and saw the show. And um, the show is not about him. It's about me. So, like. But all that to say is that, like, yes, it's a very personal show, and it it is vulnerable. But it's also like I am I am so good at faking vulnerability too. Like, there are things that I am totally fine talking about on stage, and there are other things like that I'm like, no, I will never say any of that. So it's yeah. it's I just want to be very vulnerable cool. to a point. Vulnerable yeah. to a point, yeah. yeah. And I just I I think that there. There are a lot of people will could watch the show or like see me do the show and be like, oh, she's 100% vulnerable about it. It's like, no, I'm actually a very closed off person. I'm Here's letting just- you know just enough <laughs> yeah, so that you don't think that there's more behind that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I can. And it's only Not speaking an hour. Just recognizing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's an hour and ten minutes. It's not yeah. that I'm actually going deep, deep, deep. Hence, why therapy is great because yeah. I can. Um, your this is my favorite thing I've ever learned in therapy is that like your life is a house, and you decide because you do this. Like you decide where people can go. So some people you don't even want your, your, you don't want them to know your address. Right. Some people they go on the porch. Some people they can go the first floor, maybe the guest bathroom. Other people are like, you can rifle through all my shit. I don't care. So that's love. I like that. Yeah. And so there are people in your life where you're like, I, I will respect, and it could be people you love dearly, but it's like, I respect you, but here's the thing. You can only go on my front porch because I know that I don't feel comfortable with you in my house or whatever. So um, if you stop and think about it, there's a lot of relationships like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely have front porch people. Yeah. I have stoop people. <laughs> I have yeah. people, can you just stay in your car over there? Yeah. Because sometimes you let people in your house mm-hmm. and you realize they don't belong there. Yep. And that's actually harder, I think. when you, Once you've let somebody in to them, you're like, nope, you yeah. can stay over there now. Yeah. So, no, I like that. Um, okay. So back to the chasing of dreams. Yeah. Has there been a time? I'm sure there has. If not, then you're some kind of special superhero. But has there been a time where you're like, okay, I have this dream. I'm going to do this dream. And it just tanked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, how, um, and, and then, okay, so then you do yeah. it. It shits the bed. And then, like, how do you how do you deal with it in the moment? And how do you come out of that? Um. 
or should we move on to the next question? No, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know if I. I mean, I think my ma- I think my marriage. I think like the dream of. Oh damn! Like career-wise, no. I think I've had a lot of personal. See, this is this is vulnerability to a point, right? So I've had a lot of personal dreams that have like shit the bed. So then I've gone straight to like more career dreams and like those I can accomplish. So like, yeah. Yeah. I think more personal dreams. Um, so then I shift to the career ones because there's a formula, right? Like there's. Well, this isn't working. I find one that does. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And also like, like career dreams are so fluid. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they just. They, especially when you're in the arts, right? Like it's not, um, because what I talked about when it comes to education and all of that, totally different if you're a doctor, like go to school, you know what I mean? Like, and then there's, please go to school. Yeah. Please please go to school and like go to the trainings and go to like, and so there's, um, yeah. So there's like stepping stones and points you hit and all of that. But whenever you're in the arts, it is more fluid i think i i would love 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 to direct more immersive experiences and more theme parks and stuff like that and i had um i directed for a theme park last year and then the contract they ended up like not hiring out directors they ended up like using their own people and that meant that i didn't get that job which meant that i probably wasn't going to get and then I like interviewed for a few more theme park contracts because they were hiring out. And then they're like, actually, no, we're going to use our own. Like there are like four or five that happened this year um, that it just didn't happen. My friend Rachel and I, beginning of this year, did this really cool thing where we, well, we think it's cool, <laughs> where we put, I got little mini champagne bottles and we created labels with our eight goals for the year. And then when we accomplished them, and they could be tiny. They can be big. We would can like. Can I play next year? Yes. <laughs> it's great. It's great. And like one of the things on that list was um, I wanted to direct three theme park shows. And when I realized it wasn't going to happen, I had that bottle of champagne because I was like, okay, I did not accomplish this dream, but I tried. And we'll we'll do something. That, like I, I wanted to sell instead of letting that champagne bottle sit, I was like, we're going to acknowledge that I tried like and that's the celebration yeah. like I know it's not going to happen yeah um there are a few more that just like the timing did not work out because other dreams came in or other things came in um or life happened and just acknowledging like I dared to dream this year and it's not going to happen this year so I'm going to celebrate that anyway that, I'm, a big, I'm a big list person yeah there's a part of me that's really jealous of the thing that you have your with your friend Rachel because I don't I I don't have any I really don't uh, I keep trying to like like create sort of like accountability partnerships mm-hmm. with people and it and it, it almost always shits the bed um, I'm not sure why uh, I haven't figured that out yet I'm sure yeah. there's something in me that's causing that to happen but because um, that's usually I mean you know the buck has to stop somewhere so um, I love that. I love that. I, like, I love that. I feel like that should be a thing. D- do you find, because, I mean, you didn't have one bottle of champagne 
mm-hmm. he had eight. Yeah. Did, did you each have eight or did you, it was like four and four? No, we each got eight. You each had eight. Yeah. And some of them were like careers. Some of them were personal. Some of them were like one of mine was like drive to Indianapolis, uh, go, go to Indianapolis three times this year, which I did. Um, unfortunately, yep. one time, I, <laughs> unfortunately, one was a funeral, but I went. Um, still counts. Still counts, right? Um, one, the, I've missed funerals, so yeah. getting to go still counts. Yeah, especially when you're in theater, like there, I, I actually missed one last year. Those, and then so this year, I was like, no, I'm, I'm going. Like it is what it is. Yeah, and um, one was like, get my. I have, I have a rib tattoo on one side, and one was like, get the other rib tattoo. And so it was like planning and making, you know, um, finding the right artist and all of that. The only one I have left because it's the only one that it's like this can still be accomplished this year is taking a Christmas card photo with my dog where we dress like at JC Penney's <laughs> and I'm going to send out Christmas cards. So it's not, it's not like, yeah, it's not all like these dreams big don't, dreams. Yeah. don't have to be huge. I mean, they can, they can be this little silly thing. Yeah. yeah. And I just want a Christmas card. Like I want to send out Christmas cards with me and my yeah. dog <laughs> wearing silly little sweaters. Why not? Penney's. Yeah. Why not? So, yeah. I love that. No, I like, that makes that makes me happy. Um, you mentioned um, mm-hmm. that you have a podcast. Yeah, I didn't know you had a podcast. I do. Uh, we uh, now I'm like all self conscious. Like, oh shit, she knows what she's doing. Oh no. Doing. Um, well, I mean, I do, but no. <laughs> she's like, we don't have. This I'm setup. slumming. We we know we sit um, in our houses in Zoom. It's with my friend uh, Julie Carr, and it's called Pop Culture Period Piece Podcast. <laughs> Because we were both costumers and actors at the same time. So we love, we love a good period piece. So we will watch a period piece and talk about it. And we'll talk about the costumes. We'll talk about like Mary Bang Kill when it comes yeah. to like the sexy men. Um, we'll just kind of, and we'll ramble and be friends. <laughs> Mary Bang Kill. I was like, who's Mary Bang Kill? I don't no, look that person up. I just didn't want to say the, the other one. <laughs> Um, it can't be the first F bomb on the podcast. Uh, oh, oh, okay. I'll say fuck just so okay, you can do cool. that. I'll say shit all day long. I love it. <laughs> um, it's, it's like my favorite story. Yeah. Listen, I, I have eight children. I mean, I realize only three of them live at my house and half of them don't speak to me, but I still have them. And so I try really hard not to swear at home. So like the second I'm not in the presence of my children, like they just fly. Yeah. But we, but uh, I'll talk about like we, so we had another, um, how dreams evolve. So we had a, another podcast called a uh, historical shade uh, where we would research times where people in history were shady to each other, either like, like big or like small. And <laughs> oh it was great. Like it was, but it took a lot of research. Yeah. That's, what, that's time consuming. It was very time consuming and we did it on our own. So like we researched how to, um, you know, what platforms and all of that. Yeah. And um, we had a goal or a dream to be on a network eventually. So like, we could just be a part of a collective and we, we could wait around for that to happen. Or I just started messaging, like a lot of shit happens to me because every once in a while I get gumption. I just get so much gumption that I'm like, you should want this from me. Like, and so I'll write people and I'll say, Hey, you know, we're da da da. Here we go. And I'm writing a television series right now that is very specific to one specific person and yeah. it won't work with anybody else. Yeah. So yeah, 
I mean, you know, sometimes you got to be like, here are my balls. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> and it just depends. Like some days I think I am the, the worst human being to ever hit the planet and I'm totally untalented. And then I'll wake up two days later and I'll be like, you know what? This, um, this theater company needs this or this, uh, there's a restaurant in Pittsburgh that I thought was so gorgeous. And so I messaged them and I was like, you need immersive events. And here's what you need. You need a Charles Dickens event and you need an Edgar Allan Poe event on Halloween and you need that. And then they wrote me back and they're like, we actually have just been trying to figure out how we can have more events. And I've been working with them ever like, and I love it and it's special. But every time I go into that restaurant, cause it's a, it's a nice restaurant. It's gorgeous. And the, the food spectacular, I go like, wow, I really had balls that day. Like yeah. really. And so for where we are with pop culture period piece, I sent historical shade to this network and I was like, Hey, we would like to be part of your network. I think we align with your mission. And she was like, you do, but I don't think this is the right show. And so she's like, I really like this, this, and this about your show. Is there a way? And and mainly she loved our friendship. Yeah. And she's like, I really liked when you talked, like had film criticism about the shady thing or um, made it more, less academic and more conversational. And so we came up with pop culture period piece. But right now we uh, do not have any episodes releasing because it's struck work. Pay your actors, pay your writers. Thank oh yeah, you. this is not currently. Well, I mean, we are, we are, we are with, um, like this is a SAG after approved podcast. Yeah, but because we don't talk about struck that work. stuff, yep, uh, we can we can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why, like. It never occurred, like, it's so funny, because, like, again, I make, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, I make it up as I go along, and so I I was mentioning that I was doing this podcast, and um, uh, Lisanne was like, are you, are you sagging? Like, is that a thing? <laughs> yes. And so then I, then I went on, and I was like, oh, da 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 and done. Yeah. You know, because this isn't about promoting a product, per se, it's about those conversations around the creation of said product. Yeah. If there's a product. Yeah. We're not, we're not, uh, working for no AMTP or whatever. AMPTP. AMPTP. I knew I forgot. I was like, I forgot a T or P. Um, I got to, I got to. Okay. So, um, getting to go to Manhattan is like the greatest thing in the world for me. I like, I love it. And, and I would move there tomorrow if I didn't have a husband who is from a small town and finds Pittsburgh overwhelming sometimes. So, um, it can be, it can be, uh, no, it can be, but, uh, we have a lot of bridges. I got to, so I, I was there two weeks ago and I, and I got to strike in front of the, in front of the HBO Amazon studios. And, oh, and I right was by like, Bryant Park, right? Yep. yep. I got, to, no, it was by, um, it was close to the uh, the train station. Oh, like, okay. Right down. The studio's not the offices. Yeah. Got it. I, was, I don't know. Third and 10th. <gasps> oh, <laughs> we were down there. Was, uh, yeah. So, uh, or 30, 33rd and 10th. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We were, it was close to, it was close to the High Line and close to, um, what's it called? Hudson Yards okay. over there. Um, but I got to, I got to strike like with the people in New York and, and cause like here they're doing stuff, but it's like, it all feels photo oppy. And I realized that that's all really you can do in Pittsburgh cause there's no place to actually go to like mm-hmm. air your distress. Um, so it felt like good for like, and I only had an hour because you know, 
start and then I had to catch the train home because yeah. I was in New York a whopping what I figured out it was like 18 hours like not like that yeah. was it because I, I came in I did my class I went to sleep I woke up I, I picketed I got on the train so um so I, I got to feel part of the process so like that like this is gonna sound weird like I felt more a part of the union that day mm-hmm. I've only been in the union two years but like almost exactly two years um like a week ago or something uh, it felt like I got to be a part of that, so I would ne- I would never do anything to undermine that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any? Because we're not having to wind down now. Uh, <gasps> so, has it really been? Oh my! Yeah, gosh. I know. See, I see. That, that's what I love about that's what I love about this being a conversation as opposed to let me interview you so you can tell you know yeah. like you know and I want <laughs> and I, I that's why I asked for your bio like I wanted to to know enough about you so yeah. full disclosure we met like a month and a half ago yeah. something like that yeah, we're new friends we're new friends and it's funny because i don't know if you had the same thing i had so many people go you don't know laura young I'm like no who are these people <laughs> i don't know if anybody knows i, can, I think cody was one of them oh um, yes cody, cody doesn't count i love him he knows everybody well and also he and i are very good friends so i love cody yeah. um yeah he's he's adorable so we just got to you got to, you played my daughter i did um, and I was playing, I was way too young for the part. I was going to say, that doesn't, yeah. <laughs> she was supposed to be 70, I think. Yeah. Um, but that show was the culmination of that guy's dream. Oh my gosh. Can we talk? How freaking adorable. How adorable. We'll go was. over. I don't care. We can go over. Okay. Can yell okay. At us. But okay. Um, yeah, can we talk about, so so this gentleman mm-hmm. had spent 25 Five years, years Writing this play mm-hmm. about his mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And he's like some business dude. Like, he's not like a business school or he, something. Yeah, he's like the head of, of like, pit business or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So we're like, so he approaches me. Mm-hmm. I get, he found me on backstage or something. He approaches me, asks me to do this thing. I bring in Julia. Um, and he's like, will you do it? I'm like, sure. Like, I, I didn't read the play. And then I read the play and I was like, dear God. It's gorgeous. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. And I was like, oh my, like I have to speak Slovak? What? <laughs> by the way, uh, we banged out the Slovak, oh, by the way. You. I yes, only had did. one song. <laughs> <laughs> banged out the Slovak. But here's this man mm-hmm. who put together this play. And then, so like, so this thing that we did together was mm-hmm. a culmination of him finishing this play. And presenting it to like his friends and family and 90 and 90 seats. He filled it with his friends and family. And like the beginning of it, he gave this theater speech, which I, he said, and like, and he's not a theater guy. He's not a theater guy, but like he's, and this stuck with me forever where he's like, there are, there are two times in a man's life where all of his friends are gathered in one place. One is his wedding and one, he is his funeral. And he said, I'm lucky enough to have a third. And it was just, first off, the play was good. So like, It was every, so good. It was so good. And like, it was actually, we did a great job too. Um, I'm saying. We, we brought it. And then, but just like the amount of love that was in that room mm-hmm. afterwards, it, I've been a little, because I'm doing the show by myself and I kind of gave myself, um, uh, don't do any other shit like don't audition for anything don't like you have to focus on this thing um i i've been 
Yeah, just a little like in in the like oh theater and like that show just made me go like oh this is what it's about like yes money's great but it is about that connection it's about telling an untold story it is about um for the like playwright to connect to the audience so it also is this man who's like you know this businessman who but he's i actually don't think this but like if he had no other way to convey how he felt but he's also just phenomenal and and afterwards said amazing things but then he sent me an email like yeah, I'm sure yep. it was like about a month ago, just like reminding how much he was so happy with what we did and and just, yeah, it was his dream and just to be there, a part of it for uh, no, like the, the yeah. honor of getting to to embody this creation that he's been working on for a quarter of a century. Yeah. And. And, you know, and none of us took that lightly. No. You know, which was um, great. And, and it. The whole, you know, and, and I feel like there's a, there's a misconception in acting where like you can't act, you know, unless you're off book. I'm like bullshit because we had that script mm -hmm. the whole time. Yeah. And there was some absolutely gorgeous moments. I felt like you mm -hmm. and I had some beautiful moments. I felt like you and Julia, Julia and I had some gorgeous moments and like, and you can't do that unless the, the, the work is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, the script was beautiful. Um, I speak slow. I can't understand what that meant. Um, but also, like, what what I loved about it is when I had that realization, I'm like, this is all in her head. Mm -hmm. He was like, it might be. Like, he, he just, like, he let me run with, like, I have no idea if that's what he meant. Yeah. But, like, to me, I read that. I was like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah. And it may not have been. It may mm -hmm. have been completely subconscious on his part. But, but the fact that he, he was like, no, I'm not going to dictate to you what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I've been working on this for a quarter century, but this is now yours. Mm -hmm. go do mm -hmm. um was just it was incredible I, I, yeah. I felt very very touched and honored that that he allowed us to do that for him yeah and it was just it was it was a fantastic day and then we had a couple just a couple rehearsals and yeah. um it was it was absolutely beautiful and you know i also have been sort of like at theater for a yeah. while i think the, the you know i i was one of those people who did six or seven shows a year yeah the pandemic kind of ruined me. I'm not going to The lie. pandemic Bye. the pandemic kind of ruined me and sometimes, you know, when you're so focused on doing a thing and you're forced to take a step back. Mm -hmm. And you realize sometimes how abusive and awful that thing is sometimes. Mhm. Mm so, um, which is actually not the reason that I've been pivoting to um to TV. I did I tell you about this? So, like, I, I, this is this is such a fascinating chain of events that I did not see coming. So I kept going to these theater auditions. Like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a theater actor. I'm a theater actor. This is yeah. what I do. This is what I do. And but I kept going to these theater auditions, and I would have like these theater directors be like, "Do you do television? You should do television." I don't watch TV. Like, I'm not a TV person. I don't watch it. I don't watch it. Um, I love TV. I lo and, and 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 I don't judge anybody who does, yeah. but I'm not. You know, like, like I, I came up with this whole idea that some people are spectators and some people are participants. Like, mm -hmm. I'm a participant. I am not a spectator of pretty much anything. Yeah. I don't sit back and watch things. Like, I mean, if I have, if I'm, like, listening to a podcast or you know, music or something, I'm doing something else while I'm doing it. Yeah. So I'm not a, of course, that's probably all trauma-based because I was told my entire life that I was lazy and worthless and would never do anything. But, like, so I'm sure, I'm sure there's some trauma in the fact that I'm not a spectator. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. yeah. 
So I thought, well, maybe the universe is trying to tell me something. Mm-hmm. I'll do television. I avoided film and TV because I had a really bad experience with film early on. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't like it enough to put up with this kind of abuse. Mm-hmm. The community that I have found mm-hmm. in specifically television actors mm-hmm. has blown my mind. Mm-hmm. How in the Pittsburgh area, especially. No. Oh. No. No, unfortunately, no. No. Um, New York. Uh-huh. The New York co-star, guest star mm-hmm. community is gorgeous and loving and supportive mm-hmm. and uplifting. And I was it blew my flip because it was the exact opposite of what I was expecting because mm-hmm. I'm used to, mm-hmm. and no offense to anybody, musical mm-hmm. theater people mm-hmm. who are not always that. Yeah. I and think state theater people are not always that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that Pittsburgh is an anomaly when it comes to how awful and cutthroat they can be sometimes. I mean, I've lived in, in many, many, many a place. And, and and I will say that, like, I think Pittsburgh is probably the least cutthroat. Yeah. Like, truly, I think that, um, you know, like, they're cliques. We're human, right? Right. But, like, I think that there is true curiosity. Like, even if it's, like a show that you wouldn't normally go see, you probably are like, oh, yeah, I'll go. And I'll see, you know, and we're starting to see that come back. This is a very, I'm going to say a very privileged take that you can say when you are privileged. So I'll just throw that out there. That I um, I do believe a lot of, of my life, uh, I get the right contract at the right time. And so when I like force something, it doesn't, it doesn't work, you know. And that show that we did, I um, was, I was a little like, oh, I don't know if I'll ever be, I'll probably just do my show and that'll be the last show I ever do. I think I'm not going to do the, you know, like I'm not going to do it again. Um, we're going to get to this spot and that's going to be the end. We're going to yeah. end on a high note. And then, um, and one of the reasons was because during the pandemic, uh, my godmother, who I love dearly, got very sick and had to go into a nursing home. And that was a lot of what the story was about. So yeah. when I kept saying like, oh, I've, I've been, I've had this conversation yeah. before. And the fact that there were so many things in that show that I was like, oh, I couldn't put it into words, but he could. And now yeah. I get to say them. And that made me go, oh yeah, this is what like, like. Being an actor really feels like, and not that I'm not an actor in my show, but it's a little different because it's me. So right. I'm more of a storyteller, which is, I think, different. But, right. and they can, there's a Venn diagram there where uh, there's an intersection. But yeah, I, I do think that for me, at least, like the right contract kind of, and just like different things pop into my life that um, I had a friend who I haven't been to an acting class in a little since pre-pandemic and she goes hey there's this acting class happening they had uh, someone dropped out if you want to come and it was last weekend and it was the best acting class i've ever been to and i was like oh this i i do like theater like just because i got burnt out on it because i had too much like i overdosed yep. pre-pandemic i yep. od'd real hard yep. and then um took a step back and just because a few people made it bad for me and also because i wasn't choosy i just took everything yeah same and it's like oh if i just become a little choosy again i 
think, uh, you know, I would love, I would love it again, you know? And I, I just, 2017 through 2019, I was very blessed with the amount of work that I got, but I took everything Everything. and I said yes to everything. And I think. Sometimes when you say yes to them, you're not actually saying yes to you. Yeah. And I think whenever it's like, what's the next dream? One of my like next dreams is to travel a lot more. Like I would love to just see my friends. Like I have a friend that lives in Vegas who I actually met through my ex-husband's friend show and we're best friends. Um, But he works at Cirque du Soleil in Vegas and I want to see him and I have friends in Denver and I just, yeah, I want to, I want to experience everything again. Um, And that's like one of my dreams, which is weird because it's not career oriented. Doesn't have to be. And part of Part of me is like, oh, well, maybe I should do a YouTube channel. But it's like, no, stop. <laughs> Dreams are valid. Yeah. Dreams are valid. Thank you so much for spending yeah. your Saturday morning with me and them. And um, yeah, so th- I, th- I think this was this was wonderful. So thank you for sharing your dreams with us. Yeah. Thank you for being part of my dream with yeah. me. me and uh, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>